Welcome to Quiet Leadership with me, Adam. I was a player to a decent level and have been around many different personalities, coaches and squads in my time. I've also been coaching for 10 years and I now feel in a good place with my coaching, although this wasn't always the case. In my podcast, I talk about my experiences, my beliefs and the way I found really works with player connection and development. Topics will range from player ownership and sessions that look like the game to language and ways we connect with players without portraying that army corporal stance. I share many coaching ideas on Twitter, so please follow me there, at Mr. A. Lot. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Play by Mertrika Sports, the fundamental tool for every coach and analyst. Play can be useful to any sport team that wants to improve performance and utilize video analysis for that. Code key moments of the game, analyze and share them with the staff and players. Create your free account now at mayortrika-sports.com. Use promotional code QUIETLEADERSHIP in your registration to get all the paid features and 50 minutes of automatic detection for 30 days. Play by Mayortrika Sports, the power behind the game. Welcome back, everyone. Um, This episode has come from a few questions I had on, on Twitter. Uh, from Darren Williams, he coaches an under eight team, um, and he wants just just some ideas going forward. Obviously, he started in, in the young ages, and he's going to progress through with his team to you know all the way all the way through, hopefully under sixteen or whatever. Um, his sort of questions were: uh, What does match day look like with your team regarding setting individual or team targets, or do you just let them play? Um, first off, I would like to cover what just a few little ideas of uh, how, who you should be as a coach on a match day. So, again, I've got a list. I'm going to go through it. Ask questions. Don't just talk waffle. Um, I will add into that. You've got to you've got to find that spark. You know, you've got to say something to make their ears prick. Um, Say less, but with more substance. So probably two to three key points. As Klopper said, um, I saw an interview with Klopp and he said, you know, I, I, I give them two or three. Basically, they get all of their information that they want to do and him and his analysts um, and assistants squeeze it all down into two or three key points. Um, he said it, it's, you know, People, people can't take in loads of information, two or three key points. And it's the same with kids. Uh, don't always say the same thing every week. So if every week you say, what, you know, what, what do we want to do today? And, oh, we need to win the ball within six seconds. And then we need to do this. Mix it up a little bit. Um, maybe hand it over to them. Get them saying it. Or you know, have it have it written down, pinpoints so they can see it. Um, so you've got to be careful with your wording, and are you becoming boring? Because then, when you need to say something really important to them, you know they they're going to think, ah, what's he going to say here? It's not going to be amazing. 
So be very careful with your with your wording and how much you talk uh, on match days. To stop nerves, maybe treat it like training and have the same chats you do there. Um, don't talk about winning, maybe, yeah, possibly. Uh, or don't talk about the opposition and what they are like. Focus on yourselves, you know. Um, focus on how skillful your players are, maybe, and what you're going to try and achieve today. Um, down the list, I've got a few little challenges that you can talk about. Um, so yeah, you know what kids are like. They turn up, they're looking across at the other team. Oh, he's tall. Koi can kick it far. So talk about your team, your players and your strengths. Um, sod the other team. You know, they're going to have to deal with you. If you switch it to that sort of mindset, then um, it's better than sort of saying right we need to watch them today because they play like this it just sets in a bit of nerves and they're only kids um, philosophy have a clear philosophy a clear idea of what is wanted and you can then have players critique it themselves for example our philosophy is play wide from the back and attack the space in their half on the wings um, did we do that uh, they can tr critique it themselves they're honest no Jack could have passed out wide to me three times and he hasn't okay when we go out in this second half Jack you've heard what Noah's just said there he he wants it played out wide to him can you do that oh, okay yeah um, bit of peer to peer instead of the coach just saying what they want and you know demands or challenges or whatever get the players saying it to each other and it's it's one of the best ways to learn. You know, they're learning from the people that they're playing with, basically. Most coaches can get lost in the formation, uh, me included, massively, and neglect what else they want, basically. Um, at the moment, one of my sides has, has switched to nine sides, so we are obsessing over the formation quite a bit. And it was great that Darren said this on Twitter, because it sort of makes you regulate, and you think, actually... Yeah, I've been sort of so obsessed with the formation that I've neglected probably individual and team challenges and how we want to play. And then you look at the formation and you think, OK, well, yeah, we've set up that formation, but the players haven't really got a clear path of where they want to go and how they want to play that formation. So it's it's a constant minefield and, you know, you've got to cover every sort of blade of grass. Uh, Warm-up. Warm-up's massive for me. It, it sets the tone. If you've got a high-intensity warm-up to engage them, then their energy levels are going to be up when they go into that game. Um, so it can be competitive, you know, it can be a lot of uh, short, sharp movements, a lot of ball touches, um, World Cup doubles, tag, play rugby. And then after that warm-up, like I've said, they're going to be buzzing. You can... You can bring them in, have a quick little 20-second chat. You're really intense, like I'm talking now. Okay, and then let's go, boys. You know how we go. And and they'll take that warm-up straight out into the game, hopefully, and you'll get sort of 20% extra from them. Um, make your training look exactly like matches and vice versa, basically. Um, and you'll easily transition into both. So what do I mean by that? So, 
if if your training is all standing behind uh, cones in lines it's all slow it's labored you're talking a lot they're not you know getting touches you're not playing a game you're not working on playing wide you're not working on you know this is your position and then you go into a match and you're talking about all of that stuff it's then going to be so foreign and so new to them and they're not going to execute it so like in previous ones I've in previous podcasts I've said don't just be getting drills because they look good and you think yeah we'll work on that pick it down to your philosophy and then go from there have your training and your match day looking exactly the same replicating each other and 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 you will fly right under seven to under nine i would say you have to let them play yeah under nine and above you can start to drip feed challenges and you know formations and stuff but there are except exceptions can't even say it to this rule now when i took a a team from reception age so very very young within a seat within a year of us playing you know sharks and fishes and tag and pirate ships and all this i had boys coming over to me talking about formations you know i'd, I'd be saying to them we'll be playing matches soon you know that'd be great oh yeah can't wait and then they'd be coming back the next week you know seven years old talking to me about formations you know five aside formations and i was like wow maybe maybe this this lot need a little bit more yeah maybe they do need stretching and and their football knowledge their football brain really surprised me so we we did tap into it a bit more yeah we tapped into it like a, a one two one formation and you know a few responsibilities like what does that player do there and this that and the other and um don't go too intense with it but absolutely don't be afraid not to people will tell you not to and just let them play and they are right let them play but you can have a few little little challenges in there little little things of course you can it's it's exactly the same as they get at school you know they get little challenges like that um i'm just having a look through younger ages yeah i've said that um fake i've said this before in another podcast fake competition with the other team who's going to win the ball in their half the most and at the end the referee is going to give the team that he thinks five goals added on and you tell them that they'll be like oh what so if we win it in their half all the time more than them then then we're going to get five goals yeah yes and there you go you've got your pressing at a young age then haven't you without even sort of saying the word you've said it in terms terminology and language which is another podcast i will cover um you said it in eight-year-old terms instead of pressing pressing they'll press their head against the wall or something um player example chart so again i've touched on this in other pods uh i use player example charts so are you at the bottom dejan lovren today or are you at the top sergio ramos how are you going to play it gets them watching players on the tv it gets them regulating who they're going to play like last week you were probably this level can you, you know, can you get to there yeah yep yeah, yep yeah, i'll try player cards player cards is something i did 
massively at the young ages. Not so much now when they're older because, you know, they're like, they're, they're critiquing players and, you know, the card I've given them, they might not want, oh, he plays for Liverpool, I'm not having that card. So when they get older, it's it's a bit of a challenge. But certainly at the young ages, for example, I had a lad, uh, he was a Liverpool fan. Um, uh, he had a great shot on him. Um, but he struggled to decide when to shoot, basically. So I gave him a Coutinho card when he was at Liverpool, Philip Coutinho. Um, and the challenges on there were... Um, great first touch and can you shoot from outside the box and I kid you not within 10 minutes he'd got himself a goal he ran over to dad and he was like dad I've finished I've done the challenge I've done the challenge <laughs> he was so he was more happy that he'd done the challenge than I actually got the goal I think and then the dad came up to me after the game and was like he's on about this challenge like what was he done and I said well I gave, I got the card out I said I gave him that card mate I said, Philip Coutinho challenge, and look, you know, can you have a good first touch when you receive the ball, and can you shoot from from outside the box? And he went, bloody hell, wow, well, you know, fair play, and uh, little things like that. Again, you got to tap into them. They they need to find you exciting as a coach. You, they they need to come there, and you are like the Messiah. Whatever you say, whatever you have, is going to be gold dust. Man of the match trophy. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on the man of the match trophy. I've done it. I've done it for many a year. I'm not sure on it. Um, and this is why. You can only have one winner. So if you had four players, absolutely quality, you can only pick one. How does that look? How do the losers feel the next week? Is their motivation going to be there as a kid? Oh, well, I didn't win it when I thought, you know, I didn't win it and I thought I was really good last week. And, you know, so is it going to affect them, affect them mentally? Um, also, if it's players voting for themselves, will they see what you're looking for? Or will they just pick their friend or the one who scores the goal or the, the best player in the team? So you've got to be very careful with with trophies. It's it, it can work, it can work, but I we we knocked it on the head about about three years ago, um, and I I think we've been better for it. But again, it has its place. Everybody is different. Um, you can end up giving it to someone just because it's their turn as well, because. Um, because it hasn't, you know, it needs to be given to him basically. Um, so let's say you play twenty games in a season, uh, and everybody's had it apart from, apart from one lad. Let's say, and it's the last game of the season. He's played absolute toilet, but you've got to give it to him. Or on the flip side of that, you're going through. You've got twenty games. You're trying, and and you and you do because you feel sorry for them. If there's players that haven't had it as much as the others you end up swaying towards them and giving it to them. And then what do the top players think? They think, well, nah, I don't agree with that. He weren't as good as me today. Why the hell has he got that? And it, it's, I think it opens a minefield. So that's why I don't do it. And it, I, I feel it can set your standards quite low. Um, so, 
but that again that could just be my, my players you know you you try it and see what happens different little things that I, I, I do like to do um, make it really specific so if my nine side team at the moment we're looking to play out from goal kicks and we're looking to play an attack wide okay um, I could set a challenge of who is going to do that the best today now that that I'm okay with set a challenge like that uh, and then you can pick who you thought played out the best uh, and played wide um, and a little bit of a flip on the trophy thing instead of a trophy maybe try a cap with the boss on it or a t-shirt with I'm the boss they get given that after the game because they played out wide you know one key topic or focus area they've done it they take the t-shirt home they wear it with pride they wear it to training so that means that they're not going to leave the trophy on the side in their bedroom they bring the t-shirt to training because they know they're going to be in charge of that training and you can put them in charge of like I don't know picking the teams for the match or they can be in charge of whatever um, you know what teams you play Barca v Real Madrid whatever it is they'll like it so that is a, a, a much better one I feel um, going back to to match day and and the team talks and whatnot have two team challenges or objectives so it might be can we win the ball in their half when we haven't got it can we play out wide as soon as we have got it okay simple again that won't be for under eights okay i get that um for under eights it might be can you win it in their half like we have said uh, and can you get your shot away early or can you maybe play a one-two with a friend? Um, one individual player challenge or objective. Don't overcomplicate it. They've got the team challenge to look at, and maybe give them one, one other one, uh, an individual challenge. And maybe if you've got an assistant, he can do the individual challenges. You can do the team ones, so you're not all over the place and confused. Evaluate at half time, and at full time. Um, and you can just adjust it if there's players that need a little little rejig with what their challenges are you can do that um, if everyone completes their challenges then you can do penalties at training or dizzy penalties whatever something fun give out some sweets whatever so there's a little challenge there for everybody else to um, complete their challenge if there's a few if, if quite a few of them have completed their challenge at half time give them a new one or or can they help the others complete their challenge um, that brings me on to peer-to-peer -peer challenges get players to set challenges for their teammates you know like I've said earlier if Jack isn't passing to Noah out wide there's a challenge isn't there Noah Noah's challenge for Jack is can you play out wide and Jack's challenge for Noah could be can you always be wide to receive from me and a bit of a bit of a challenge for them both you know they can compete with each other player ownership is massive when setting challenges but it must be in line with your philosophy so obviously you know if you've if you've given them ownership and they're coming up with challenges like oh i'm gonna do an overhead kick in my own box and put it out and try and get it over that fence no you know come on 
it's got to be in line with our philosophy and stuff you know it's got to so player ownership is good but you need to be guiding them as a coach um how do we how do we want to play and what do we need to do to achieve that so again you, you should have your philosophy um level two you will learn about philosophies if you're still level one absolutely fine but think about a philosophy i will i will do an episode on a philosophy um just quickly think of the end goal and where you want to be as a team when your team is under 16 let's say what you want your players to look like and your team to play and work back it's the easiest way um so yeah how do you want to play and how are you going to achieve that if you want to play wide but you're playing a a narrow formation well that ain't gonna work is it um stick a chart for challenges through the season so you could i know a lot of schools do that um a lot of schools have the sun the rainbow the cloud and all that and the star where were you today that sort of thing so you could do that chart or stick a chart all throughout the season fill up your sticker chart bang i'll buy you a football or something you know something like that it gives them a long focus something to aim aim for all the way throughout the season but again as a manager you have to manage that because if you get the sticker chart out and there's a player who's only got three stickers and there's a player who's got 20 again confidence for that that player as who's only got three you need to manage it maybe you could do the sticker chart privately individually um it's up to you i'm 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 going to leave it open to you positional challenges so if you rotate positions um can they understand certain positions and their tasks so um darren's team under eights i think oh, off the top of my head i think they'll be playing five aside still i think so if you play a one two one um if you rotate your players and one one week jacob is in defense he knows the you know the res, res, roles and responsibilities for that position i would say maybe play him there for three or four weeks um so he understands that then maybe move him into the midfield okay jacob you're in midfield now what are the response i can't say it roles and responsibilities in that position are there any that you're going to bring with you from defense into midfield and is there any new ones in there? Get them thinking about it. And then obviously another four weeks and then they move to the striker or whatever. So, um, so yeah, I hope that's helped. I hope that's helped you, Darren. I hope it's helped anybody else listening. Great that I'm getting questions and people engaging. I love it. I love it. I love talking about football. It keeps my brain active. So if you want me to do a podcast episode for you, get in touch. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope it opens your eyes to a different way of coaching. You might already coach like this, then great. I just I thought I'd do it to get some ideas out there. Um, hopefully change a few people's minds and see where we go from there. See you next time. Thank you.